Kindness has destroyed probably two generations now. The problem with kindness is that most of the time it's not kind at all. And you can see this in particular in education. The education system has created this weird situation where kindness has become like the highest of human goods, like the highest, the pinnacle of human achievement, uh, the goal. The goal is kindness. Kindness is the answer. And kids are pumped with this from the moment that they start school. Be kind. Always be kind. More kindness is better. This has led to massive problems um, amongst lots of young people and the culture in general. Being kind is fucking difficult to do. It's really, really hard because kindness is not the same as being nice. Being nice is when you... That, that's, that's what sort of... Or it's the social lubrication of going about the business of your day and being nice, not being an asshole, just being nice. But it's become confused with kindness. So in 2019, some of you might remember, there was a guy who, a Muslim guy, who attacked a bunch of people with knives taped to his arms. Um, he taped these knives to his arms at a meeting on London Bridge. This is, yeah, in 2019. And um, he went around, he had a fake suicide vest on, and he started to kill people. He killed a couple of people. Um, he was shot by the police on London Bridge. Some people were jumping off the bridge into the River Thames. And um, it was all over the news at the time. Now, what's interesting about this in this context is that the two people that were killed, um, Saskia Jones and Jack Merritt, Saskia was 23, um, Jack Merritt was 25, both of them Cambridge University students. And they were there as part of a human rights pro program called Learning Together. And the idea of this program is to approach and work with prisoners um, terrorist-related prisoners in, in UK prisons, and integrate them into the culture. These two students were both privately educated, and the education that had led them to this point, in my mind, is partly responsible, albeit in a distant way, but it was the education, as well as the wider culture, that led to a situation whereby they were brought into a situation that was extremely dangerous and they were absolutely naive about what was going on. And I say this with a lot of certainty because it's pretty clear that kindness, when kids are educated about kindness constantly, what happens is, is that they become extremely naive. They're shielded from the world that we live in. And this shielding retards their growth. They have a frame of understanding the world that is distorted and so the decisions that young people make are wrong decisions and oftentimes really risky decisions. Saskia and Jack were killed because they put themselves into a situation where they were just grossly naive about the work that they were doing. They thought that they were being charitable and it's true, they were. They thought that they were being kind, they were Christian. I know that Saskia was Christian. I think she was the head girl at her school, did everything right, Christian, quite privileged, in, certainly in her education. But the kind of education that is seen as superior, especially in private schools in the UK, is one where they emphasise kindness almost relentlessly. It is relentlessly pumped into the kids as the highest good. This is 
this example kind of exposes the danger of endlessly pumping these kids' heads full of the importance of kindness at the expense of understanding how reality actually is. The response to the London Bridge terrorist incident was, of course, in the English way, the current culture in the English way, is to double down on the kindness. We want more understanding. Love is the answer. There was the situation with the concert in Manchester, the Manchester bombings. And the best the British could do was come up with, everybody started singing the song, Don't Look Back in Anger. The, this kind of cultural virtue signalling has terrible repercussions. There's a military saying that weakness is a provocation. When you're weak, you are provoking action against you. Because in reality, power is what works. Power is good. Power is useful. Power enables us to go out and take action and do things and force our will upon the world. And when we have problems in the world today with terrorism, with extremism, and just the general chaos of the world, actually being able to make effective decisions, it's kind of a big deal. The problem that we have is that the decisions that we make are made through this weird framework which is completely broken and doesn't work of kindness. And this kindness framework leads to horrendous decisions and it leads to an expression of weakness, that weakness is the highest form of good. A lot of this is actually related to Christianity as well, um, the idea of turning the other cheek. Nietzsche was not a fan of Christianity at all and even though he grew up actually as a, um, I think I think he was he wasn't quite an, a pastor, but he wasn't a priest. But um, he did study theology, and his father was was a priest, very very religious. And he grew to recognise that Christianity had core problems because the problem with this is that it lionises the weak. It sees weakness as being incredibly good, and of course it's not. It can be good within a system where everybody is acting in the same way and there's agreement on the culture, but it doesn't work the moment that it starts to interface with something that is more, that is more powerful. Being kind, in reality, is actually really hard. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, often kindness is about having difficult conversations because kindness is actually about telling people the truth about things. And people don't want to know the truth today. They don't want to know, especially girls. Young women have a huge problem with being told the truth today. I don't know why it is, it's just the way that it is. And it's led to a situation where young people are not growing up, they're unable to grow up. Instead, this um, you know, they, they have this idea that everybody should respect everybody else. I remember my mother constantly telling me that uh, other people's opinions, even if they're bullshit opinions, you know, oh, well, that's what they think. And I always used to think, like, but it's wrong. Like they're wrong. What they're doing is wrong or self-destructive and so on. Oh, but it's just it's 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 just your opinion. There is a difference between something being right and something being stupid. And being able to deal with the truth is what enables us to grow as people. What we don't want to do is have a situation where young people are all of the opportunities for them to grow are removed. They're removed. That's not kind. That's ridiculous. Young people are not growing up anymore because they are not having any interface with reality. They're not being told the truth. They're not able to experience the truth. And instead, everybody is trying to pretend. We're all making making pretend that everything that they're doing is fine. 
if they want to get their breasts removed it, yeah it's fine that's that's your that's your right to do that even though you might essentially be a child it's your your you should people should respect you for who you are the problem is when you're young is that you don't know who you are you don't know probably up until i would say really until you're sort of in your late 20s you start to really square yourself away with who you actually are but before that most people they're just fucking around in the past people would grow up much much faster you know you're looking at by the time somebody's 18 years old you're a man and today they're just children most most of them are children even though university has shown itself to be essentially useless now it's not there to educate people it's essentially a big crash for a lot of people the reason why companies are employing people only if they have a degree is not so much that they have an actual degree but it's more to do with the fact that well they're a few years older and because of that they're going to be a bit more mature and they're more likely to have their shit together in the past if you were 16 17 18 by the time you're 18 you're a man you would be a man you would be expected to be a man and the culture you would run into problems with the culture whether it's about hard work being organized being on time being focused taking accountability for yourself and your actions these sort of things would be completely normal because if you didn't do that you would you would be in the shit so you had to do it but instead what we've done is that we accommodate everybody and everything so we are retarding the growth of young people this constant promotion of kindness again especially in education but you see it in big companies as well is also paired with the demonization of masculinity um you know the idea that everybody knows which is getting a bit bloody tired now that masculinity is toxic that young boys need to be sort of educated in a way um that requires them to be a substantial amount of them to be medicated for god's sake now the consequences of all of this is that it's led to all kinds of mental health problems it is insane that we have had massive increases in young people who are self-harming who have tics who have mental issues depression almost everybody is suffering from anxiety a lot of this is because they are constantly pumped with this idea of being kind and that kindness is the answer and that masculinity is bad and there is and by protecting this overprotective structure that's been created has damaged young people and it's damaged them in a way now especially now that universities for some years have like i say become essentially crashes it's damaged them so that now kids are going to even go into university with a retarded mindset and it's being magnified by the university because then they go on to justify they, they're a bit smarter they know more and they learn to justify their particular predilection for blue hair blue hair or their predilection for whatever weird thing it is that they happen to do there's a archetypal idea of the devouring mother and the devouring mother is all about this feminine concept that is highly toxic the devouring mother smothers the child they drown them and it ends up of course in the destruction of the child the child ends up essentially being killed by the mother these ideas of kindness are really about how the culture has integrated the devouring mother into everything that we do especially with young people to protect them these ideas of obsessive safetyism these ideas of protecting them at all costs and that 
the integration of more and more and more rules, whether it's speech rules, whether it's safety rules. And so children are not developing. They are not established in their own mind to actually deal with any difficulty. And the consequences of this are really huge. And we see them all over the place. And we see them in particular when it comes to leftism and the rise of leftism um, in the West. This is something that is a consequence of feminism going too far. So the idea of the devouring mother has sort of infected the entire culture. And now we're reaping the fruit of that. You have people coming up with ideas, political ideas, and the politicization of business, and especially big corporations, where just a few years ago, say a decade ago, they would be seen as batshit crazy. But instead, people, everyday, everyday people are coming up with these things, which are just completely mad, that 10 years ago, people just would have laughed at them. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And it's become normalized. There is a devouring mother demon that is everywhere that's become normalized in the culture. One of the consequences of this devouring mother is that it, it promotes narcissism amongst young people and amongst the population. It promotes narcissism because everything is about you. The world has to conform to me. I don't need to conform with the world. And every time you come up against reality, it's not you that has a problem. It's the rest of the world. This is a recipe for total system failure. It's a recipe for failure to launch for nearly all the young people that are affected by it. But it also presents, of course, an opportunity for people. Because if you're young, if you're, in, if you're leaving school in your early 20s and you understand this, you can absolutely crush everybody else because they're operating in a system that is essentially a childlike, naive concept of the world. If you know that the world is there to teach you things, and when you bump up against reality and you have a problem, that, you're like, that you can actually sit down and think about it and think about what is it that I can change about myself? How can I grow into this? Why is it that I'm anxious in this situation? And to actually go into the problem and deal with it. That's what growth feels like. That's what growth feels like. You don't develop by staying within your little limits and trying to force the world to conform the world into your little box. How you grow is by you're within your box, but as you reach the limits of those boxes, you become uncomfortable. It's like going to the gym. You don't get fit in the gym just by fucking about within your current capabilities. You get strong in the gym by going to the edge, to the borders of, of what it is that you're able to do, and you get increasingly uncomfortable, and you repeat it again and again. This is obvious. Everybody knows this. Growth feels like discomfort. That's what work feels like. That's why young people today are suffering terribly from mental disorders. Nietzsche says that society tames the wolf into a dog, and man is the most domesticated animal of all. This domestication of people over, to be fair, probably two generations now, has led to all of the crazy shit that we see today. The crazy ideas that have come from all of this, we can see all around us. We can see that the, a lot of these people now are in charge. They're in charge of companies like Facebook. They're in charge. They've got their hands on the levers of the media in general. They're making these decisions based on a framework that is not compatible with reality. We have an education system and a wider culture that teaches young people that 
fragility is good. We teach them that fragility is a brave thing. Being your authentic self is somehow this 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 ama this amazing idea, and it's not. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're capable of. Like each of us has multitudes. It's possible for us to do extraordinary things that we can't even think of. And the place of achievement is the is a place of discomfort and normalizing discomfort and being able to lean in to anxiety and discomfort, being able to find the dragon, to notice it and then go after it, to train for it, to work for it. That's what growth feels like. And that, just like going to the gym, is what makes us stronger. And it's not something that's just relevant for youngsters at, at, in the education system. It's something that's in, that is a lifelong project for all of us. This idea that we need to be constantly stretching ourselves and that the work, doing the work, is difficult. It doesn't mean that doing the work needs to be suffering. That, that's different in the same way that going to the gym doesn't need to be suffering. It can be, but it's actually a joyful thing to do. The frame is wrong. Reframing difficulty into the idea that this is what growth feels like is a far healthier thing to do, turn inverting the situation. And this is what maturity is about. And this is why everybody's so immature, because they're avoiding they're avoiding interaction with reality, and it's justified by the culture for them to do so. And that's why we have such a big problem with civilization in general. Identity problem, the identity problem in the West is massive now. There is no vision for what we're doing. There's no goal for what the West stands for. There's no leadership. There's no direction. So people have just become, if there, is, if there is one, then maybe the goal is, is to make everything as safe and secure as possible, which on the surface seems like it's a good idea. But the truth is that it can never be safe everywhere. More safety is good until we end up with a system where people are so restricted in what they're able to do because of all the rules and regulations that everybody has to follow that they lose their freedom. And this loss of freedom is very much like the giant in Gulliver's Travels that collapses onto the ground and all the little people come along and they make all of these these little strings to pin Gulliver to the earth and all these these are like all these little rules and all these rules and laws and regulations are established to tie us to the ground so the giant is unable to get up and walk even do the most basic thing we're crippled by an obsessive safetyism and this obsessive safetyism is killing us. The lack of interaction with reality is ensuring that there are generations of young people that are perfectly positioned for failure, perfectly positioned to be depressed, anxious, narcissistic, and unable to make effective decisions which actually help all of us in the long term.